This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. I am your host, John Solberg. Today, we're going back to April 30th, 2013. First segment, the artist formerly known as Meathead Goldwyn, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com, talking all things grill selection. Second segment today, by listener request, Greg gets a visit from Harry DeHorse, thoroughbred horse racing expert. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Here are the best moments from April 30th, 2013. All right, so you've instituted on this AmazingRibs.com a database of barbecues and grills so, A, let's talk about that. What is that about? And then we'll talk about how somebody can actually go there and use it. Yeah, um, it took us a year. I hired a man full-time. Max Good is his name. And I hired him full-time about this time last year, a little, uh, little more than a year ago. And I hired a couple of programmers to build a, a, a database and a program called Drupal. But it's, it, it cost me well over $50,000 uh, to get the damn thing done. Are you $50,000? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meathead, but you should be hiring me. I'd only charge you $25,000. i would give you more information. you got to be. All right, go ahead. But it's really cool, and it's pulling people in like crazy. So for business, it's really good. It's a database. I mean, you can go there, and you can pull up a list of every grill manufacturer that we can locate. Now, we're probably missing a couple, and if you know of one, tell us about them. Um, but we have attempted to list almost all their products, and... Those which we've cooked on, we've written personal, firsthand, detailed, and there's probably a hundred that we've cooked on between the two of us. And then uh, there's another two or three hundred uh, that we haven't cooked on that we've relied on you guys, folks, that a lot of you are my sources, my friends, my information, you guys' feedback. So we, we have reviews and ratings and awards for what we think are the best buys and uh, – so I mean, you know, you can you you can go down to Home Depot, but they only carry two or three brands. Yep. You go to Lowe's, they carry two or three brands. You go to your neighborhood barbecue store, which we all should be supporting um, if you ha- are lucky enough to have one, and they may have five or six brands. But we've got three hundred manufacturers, no, more than a hundred manufacturers, three hundred products. And they're easy to search. There's little check boxes. You can search on grills. You can search on pellets. And it's really cool. And if you're starting to shop for a grill or a smoker, um, and we're about to add um, pizza ovens, outdoor pizza ovens. I've got a woman in California who really knows that. She's going to do that for me. Um, And um, it's just a good start. For your shopping, it's a good place to kick the tires. Just go to our site and click on the tab that says Equipment Reviews. It's pretty cool stuff. Is it pretty much the same for grills and smokers, or is it more geared towards grills versus smokers? Both. I mean, we've tried to get everything. and We've got small portable uh, beach tailgate-type cookers in there. Uh, Just about everything except we don't have George Foreman yet. We we've kind of pushed all the electrics to the back of <laughs> Come the line. On. Yeah, it's not I'm even sorry. a grill. Give me a break. 
Garge is going to punch me out, man. But I mean, um, I mean, a grill isn't something that you can use in your house. So you called the George Foreman grill, but I mean, give me a break. You got it. I think you've set the criteria there. Yeah, I mean, if you can use it indoors, it's not a grill. If you you can use in in dire situations, you can use the George Foreman grill to produce heat safely. You can't bring a charcoal or a gas grill inside the house and produce heat safely. But you could bring a George Foreman outdoors. Yeah, but you're plugging it in. <laughs> so you're plugging in a, a fast Eddie 1000. Yes, but it's, oh, here we go. Now we're in the semantics <laughs> snobbery. Never mind. All right, so look, um, there's this database which you can find at amazingribs.com, so take full advantage of that, especially if you're looking for a new add to the smoking and, and grilling arsenal. How about this question? Because we're hitting spring, because Memorial Day signifies the grilling season, what are your biggest, because you're you know, running this huge website, you're getting questions all the time. What are your tips on people shopping for a grill or for a smoker? What's the best way to go about that? Yeah, all right. There's, there's some basic things to be on the lookout for regardless of what you're shopping for. I mean, so much of effective outdoor cooking, whether it's a grill, a smoker, whether it's gas or charcoal, is you want thick, heavy material that will hold heat. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I cook all year round. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of you put the big grill away in November. That's okay. You still, it's cold in November. You want to hold heat. You want to retain heat. And the idea of heat retention is that it evens out the um, ups and downs, the bouncing of the temperatures. So you want to look for thick, heavy materials. Look for quality of construction. Um Powder coating is a really good way to protect your grill. I am not a huge fan of stainless. Most no. of the stainless out there is really thin, really yep. cheap, and you end up obsessing about polishing it and keeping it pristine, and then it pits and it rocks. Some of them use 304 stainless, which is the really good stainless, and that will not self-destruct. But a lot of the cheap stainless just looks like shit after a year. Um, I'm not a huge. I, I want thicker. He- yeah, I'm sorry. I don't normally curse. On I don't show. care. Um, yeah, I know. I know this is not over the air, but I, I try to be a gentleman. Um, look for headspace. Um, you want to be able to put a big turkey in there. You want to put big cuts of meat in there. Um, uh, you want something big enough so that if you're grilling, you can cook with two zones. I'm a huge advocate. Anybody's been to the site yeah. knows. I want a hot side, and I want a not-so-hot side. I want to warm things over here. I want to sear things over here. When I'm done, I want to move them back over here. Um, This is not like indoors where you can turn a dial and up and down the temps go. You've got to set up your temp control with two zones. So if you're buying a gas grill, try to get at least three burners. Two will do in a pinch. But try to get at least three, and the best configuration is if the burners line up marching from left to right or side to side. If they march from front to back, it's a little harder to arrange things, although front to back is good if you like rotisserie. That's an option you want to look for. A lot of them have rotisserie setups. It's an extra option. Um, I am not a fan of built-in grills and smokers. A lot of people are building these outdoor kitchens, um, and and they're wonderful. I've seen a few of them. They're spectacular. But you build in this beautiful grill, and then a few years later, you decide you want to upgrade something bigger, fancier. And now you're stuck with this hole that you cut in this kitchen, and the new grill you want is an inch too large or an inch too small. That's what she said. um, or, Or... 
or, or, or the old one dies, or you move and you can't take the grill you love with you. I just buy a cart-mounted grill, and uh, it, it doesn't look as cool, but it'll serve you better, I think. Um, um, just ignore any thermometer on any grill that you see. It's the <laughs> I see you smiling. Indeed. It's the last thing that they and they go out for the cheapest uh, model they can buy. And these dial thermometers yeah. were invented in the 1800s. Um, it, they're out of date. They're ir- uh, there are a couple. Tell True has some nice um, uh, dial thermometers that work pretty well, but 99% of them are worthless. Just paint them over, duct tape them over, and get yourself a good digital. And we do have a buyer's guide to digital thermometers on yep. my website that will teach you the difference between thermocouples and thermistors, and recommend a few that we like because I test them. Um, watch for grease collection. Um, some of them have the grease collection on the outside, which isn't bad unless you've got a dog yep. uh, <laughs> and they get into the grease. Um, and, and here's a good thing, to, a good rule of thumb. A four-inch burger with a half-inch space all around occupies 20 square inches of space. So when they tell you it's 144 square inches divided by 20, and that'll tell you you can get about seven burgers on there. Yep. And if you're doing the 4th of July party at, every, at your house every year, will that suffice? I recommend you buy 72 square inches per person. That's a lot, but that means you have enough for two zones, a hot zone and a not-so-hot zone. So that's a good thing to look for um, in the size of your grill. And we have this on the website. You can search by size and how many burger capacity it has. Something else to think about. The gas grill manufacturers always tell you the BTUs. Yeah. Um, it's a worthless measurement. Bullshit. It just, yeah, well, BTUs are how much gas it uses. It's like miles per gallon. Um, okay, so it uses a lot of gas in a half hour. It doesn't tell you how much heat it's delivering. Right. What's a better measure, and we put this on our site, uh, uh, in our database now, is what's called the heat flux. And the heat flux is BTUs. Per square inch. In other words, how much um, fuel is being used per square inch? Because you can have 100,000 BTUs on a 500 square inch grill, and it's not hot enough to warm uh, a Twinkie. Um, but uh, 100,000 BTUs on a 200 square inch is pretty darn hot. So it's how many BTUs per square inch. That's called the heat flux. We calculate that for you on all the gas grills on our database, and that's a pretty cool tool. Um, what else? No. Uh, if you're uh, in, uh, yeah, that's it. You're out of time. To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at john, J-O-N, at the bbqcentralshow.com. Look. I'm a get-down guy when it comes to horse racing. I was born and bred in the mean streets of Saratoga Springs, New York. That's right. So you know I'm going to be talking about the Run for the Roses, ladies and gentlemen. That's coming up on Saturday. Kentucky, uh, the, uh, the Kentucky Oaks is coming up on Friday, believe it or not. So stay tuned for that. We race over to the hotline where we find a friend of the show who we haven't had in any number of years, Harry DeHorse, coming up. Actually, I think we only missed him last year. Uh, Harry, how are you, buddy? Uh, Please, if you you agreed with me, then we'd both be wrong. Oh, no, Greg. Uh, Harry, how are you, buddy? 
Hey, Greg, I'm doing great. How you doing? Long time no talk. I know. Absolutely fantastic, Harry. And I apologize that we didn't run you down last year. But here's what I'm thinking. It's the run for the roses coming up this weekend. And here's what it is. Uh, Spring is coming, or depending on where you're at during the course of the year, uh, spring has already sprung. And to me, that signifies... Oh, my God. Hope springs eternal. This year will finally yield us a triple crown winner. Although we've talked about in the past, pretty hard to do. So let me ask you this question. This year, holding last year, holding the year before it, holding all of these years that we have not seen a triple crown winner. Do you hold out hope that this is the year where that streak is finally broken and we are able to see a triple crown? Well, you know, Greg, uh, we've spoken about this many times in the past. And, and, and first of all, I'd like to apologize. I missed last year on the show. Uh, uh, me and the boys, uh, we were required to do a little, uh, I guess how you'd call it, the community service, if you get my drift. Uh, so, so we were kind of out of the picture. But, uh, yes, of course, every year we... We hope that uh, this will be our year. You know, it's been a long, long time. It's been, uh, you know, 35 years since we've had the trip. And so uh, we think that this crop of three-year-olds this year could be be the one. Now, uh, of course, before we get to Saturday, we've got a big race, as you mentioned, on uh, on Friday with the Kentucky Oaks. And uh, for your listeners, I've got some tips that I'll... I'll close out with here before our interview concludes. But uh, I would like everybody to remember that, that at approximately 5.40 on Friday, they would be treated to a wonderful race of fillies. Uh, and I'm looking at uh, Dreaming of Julia to take uh, to take that race. But uh, yes, of course, we, we, we hope that this will be the year for a triple crown winner, yes. Do you think that the fillies or the lady horses get the proper respect? I mean, obviously, the run for the roses is the big ticket on the item, but you know, the Kentucky Oaks is a huge race nonetheless. 139 years in the running. You know, in the last several years, we've been absolutely gifted because we've had, uh, you know, beautiful, beautiful female horses running. We've had rags to riches. You know, we've had the wonderful Zenyatta. Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, they're before they filled the slots for the derby on Saturday, they actually thought maybe uh, one or two of the Phillies uh, running in the Oaks might uh, go up and run with the boys. Uh, So, you know, I think they're coming into their own. It's been a long while, but uh, because, uh, you know, the rest of the Phillies are standing on the shoulders of horses like Rags and and Zinyata, I think think we're finally getting there. Do you think, too, because there's some, uh, I guess what you would call high-profile or celebrity owners, like uh, Jim Rome owning, uh, owning a very successful female horse, of course, a uh, Bobby Flay, Iron Chef, a well, well successful uh, restaurateur, is a long and well sustained and openly uh, guy that buys only female horses. So obviously, he's got a, a horse that's going to be running Friday as well. Do you think that these kind of people are lending to the popularity of the female horse part of it? Yes, I do. Uh, And I also think that there's a lot of foreign interest. You know, they're looking beyond just the racetrack uh, career of these fillies, and they're looking for what would be very, uh, very productive, uh, very high-profile brood mares, and that's that gets into another whole part of the sport of horse thoroughbred horse racing that maybe we could pick up at another time. But no, I think I think that helps. And if you look, you know, there are people like uh, Rick Pitino, for example, while his horse is not a filly, 
he's kind of uh, the example that anybody can be a horse a horse owner and anybody can have a champion right now. Absolutely. We're talking with Harry DeHorse, thoroughbred racing expert, somebody that I kind of grew up around as I was coming up in the mean streets of Saratoga Springs. All right, so Harry, let's go ahead and look forward to Saturday. Obviously, we have the running of the Kentucky Derby, which is the first leg of the Triple Crown. Preakness follows, and then uh, hopefully we have a two-for-two winner going into the Belmont to complete that Triple Crown. As you peruse the field, it's going to be setting up. Who do you like? Who do you see as a potential outsider or a dark horse, if you will, uh, coming in? How does this race set up for somebody as an expert like yourself? You know, we, we took a we took a, a little bit of extra time this year because this is such a strong field, Greg. Uh, we uh, we really narrowed it down to about five or six uh, potential all stars that they're you know probably going to be in the in, in in not only in the in the pack they're going to be in the front. Uh, our favorite, of course, is Verrazano. Uh, we we like we like Orb quite a good little bit. Uh, there's a there's a young man named Chad Brown who's cha- who's training up uh, Norm of the Invasion. We like Chad because he's a Saratoga boy. Uh, <clears throat> he had a good year last year up at the Spa. We like the Vijack quite a bit, but you know for for your outside pick, well let me tell you, we're we're picking Verrazano to win it all, and win it all I mean to go all the way. This is a strong horse. You got the you know you've got Johnny, and you've got the you know Pletcher. Uh, as a team here, unbeatable. But we're asking your fans, and we're keeping an eye on overanalyze as well. As far as the Derby is concerned, uh, you know, we're a little concerned about the weather. Uh, weather on Friday is supposed to be, uh, for the Oaks, is supposed to be 75, but they're predicting thunder showers. Uh, for Saturday, is a 40% chance of rain, which, you know, for you folks that live up that way, Kentucky's not that much different than Ohio. 40% means it's going to rain. Right. So, so I, I would I would caution your listeners to and your viewers to uh, you know maybe look at the look at the daily racing form that day. There could be some past performances in there that could yield some good uh, good return. Uh, but as far as the day of uh, events are concerned for the Oaks, I've got some picks for you if you have time. Yeah, please. Okay, for the Oaks, uh, <clears throat> I got. Wait a minute. Excuse me for a second. Just a second. Harry always busy. Look at this guy. Richie, it's bad luck to be superstitious, please. <laughs> okay, uh, for the, for the uh, Oaks, uh, Greg, uh, we're looking at, uh, uh, as we said, dreaming of Julia to win. We're going to put 20 on that one. We got an exact box of dreaming of Julia uh, with, a, with a nice uh, Pletcher horse beholder. Uh, we're putting that in a box for $10. That's another $20 bet. And then we got a, a sentimental favorite in here. Uh, Gary Stevens is, uh, as you know, has on the comeback trail. He's come yeah. out of retirement at the, at the very young age of 50. <laughs> he's going to be on a, he's going to be on a horse called, uh, Silcita. And, uh, we're going to throw 10 on Silcita going out probably close to 20 to one that day. Oh, and it'll be a $50 bet for your Oaks. Now on Derby day, uh, Verrazano to win. No question. We're putting 20 on Verrazano to win. Uh, and then we have an exacta box, uh, for, uh, five bucks. This is going to be a three horse box. It's going to cost $30. And we got Verrazano in the box with Normandy invasion and orb, uh, for 30. And that's another 50. That's a hundred dollars to lay out. We figured we'd be able to get that return. This bet is not going to return a telephone number, but I think you'll come out with more than car fare. Is the uh, Patino horse not uh, that was, or I guess originally projected to be one of the favorites? Is he downgraded since 
he ran in the uh, Santa Anita? Well, you know, Golden Sense is a great horse, and uh, I think that uh, you know his his performance could be uh, you know he he could be an upsetter. There's no question about it. Uh, he, he did he did win in his last race. Um, you know, Patina's got he's got the magic right now. I mean, everything he touches turns to, if you'll pardon the expression, gold. So uh, you know, if you have a couple of extra dollars, wouldn't be a bad idea to throw them in there with maybe some of your exotics. I might even throw ten dollars on them to win. Fingers crossed that we get our winner and uh, we will see them at least win the Preakness following that, which will, of course, we'll have you on to lead up for that. Well, thank you, Greg. And if I could just uh, maybe have a little fun with your audience here, it's always amazing to me how many people look forward to the Kentucky Derby and can't name the winner of the last Kentucky Derby. So you might <laughs> want to have one of those uh, for your little contests there <laughs> and give away some of that stuff you guys uh, give away all the time. And please, Greg, give my very best to your beautiful family. I sure will. Harry, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. There he is, Harry the Horse. Or as uh, John Dawson said, Harry the Corpse, which I don't know if that was appropriate or not, John. Come on now. Come on now. And there it is from April the 30th in 2013. If you want to hear the rest of the show, head over to thebbqcentralshow.com. Great search button there. Also, all of the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less are available for you right there. There's a link in each one of those show notes to get you back to the original show. Do me a favor if you haven't done so already. Rate and review the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less with your podcast catcher. And as always, I appreciate your feedback and any input you might have. You can get in touch with me at John, J-O-N at thebbqcentralshow.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, John Solberg. Until next time, I look forward to talking to you again soon.